0: So that's what I was referring to. I'm not talking to the people who do the breakdowns and and create quality content, you know, humorous content. uh Like you know, I like guys like Bobby Skinner out there who I, I watch that kind of stuff too. I keep my eye on it. It's good stuff, you know. I mean, to each their own. As long, especially if you're creating unique
1: content. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. Yep, we are no longer part of John Boy Media. We are presented by DraftKings just kidding the two go hand in hand we got a we got a sh- uh, a long show today we had jordan Renan of espn uh, uh coming on the show later so we're not going to hit you with too much banter to start because
2: it, it was a long interview um justin on. how how are, yeah how are you justin oh I'm, I'm great we just had a really nice conversation with jordan Ronan of, of uh, espn um if you're mad that we had him on um listen to it because it was a lot of fun Jordan's a very uh, controversial figure amongst the beat reporters especially as of late um but he's an authentic guy he's a really good guy we had a lot of fun this interview we talked to a lot of giants towards the beginning part and then we had fun towards the second half and if you're anything like me um uh, who wants to hear some fun stuff over the off season, you're really going to love the entire interview so uh, i'm excited Bobby Skinner
1: yeah and i've always i've always said i think Jordan run on is fair i think he's fair yeah. i think he's i don't think he's over like you know, and, and we are never we've never been shy to say if we don't like somebody. But I I think he's fair. Um, so sometimes it's gonna be negative, sometimes it'll be positive. So uh, and then we talked about, you know, social media and and you know, when he had a tweet that pissed a lot of people off. So yeah. we talked about that. So I I thought it was a good interview and obviously he talked about the Giants off season and you know what Brack brought back, Dave Gellman, you know, the Jason Garrett complex. So um it was good. Justin, um you wanna just kick it to it? Let's kick it to it. Well, you know who I said this episode was brought to you by? Well, guess what? It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March. Because guess what? It's not March, people. But that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 or any team to hit a three pointer in any basketball game this week. If your team makes it, rain you cash $100. Wow, that's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer. That's You want to know why? Because you don't need a brain to do this. Mm. This slam dunk of an offer won't be around forever, so head to the App Store now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook and get in on all the action. If basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds in hockey, soccer, and so much more. I, I know we have a lot of soccer fans. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to its customers since 2012. That's a lot, okay? So they know a thing or two about big paydays. They just just do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code JOHNBOY for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Minnesota, or Virginia only. New customers only. Restricted supply. Winnings paid out in four twenty five dollars free bets. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Game of problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. And now it's Jordan Ronan of ESPN. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast.
0: Play fast whoa ah.
1: all right we now welcome on from espn covers the new york giants obviously jordan Renan, what's going on man we're catching you running pretty hot we've seen you you know going at it you wrote a nice article today and so you've been uh you've been going to battle for it all day what's going yeah, on yeah you know
0: what? i actually didn't realize it was going to run on monday of a holiday weekend and i have to bring everyone down on a monday like i wrote it last week and i thought it was just going to run this sometime this week but little did i know monday of a holiday weekend and it's like a a little dagger to Giants fans' hearts, but I, you know what? I know how big and important this is. I did my hair this morning, and I think it's like maybe the second time this year that I've actually gotten dressed, and I'm actually wearing jeans and did my hair. So I know this is how big this is, and that this is you know a big time spot that I had to I had to be ready.
1: I'm just saying, you you got an up and coming podcast. You know we're you know we're number one, <laughs> so we're we're you know letting you know we're like we like to shine some light on the little guys. So you know we we <laughs> absolutely well. I gotta. I gotta
0: try to ingratiate myself with the YouTube community. I know, uh I know I don't have a lot of friends there
1: recently. We'll we'll get into all <laughs> of it. It is weird though that we moved to YouTube this year. You know, obviously we you know have the like but it is weird now it's like oh I'm a YouTuber. So now it's like when people ask me what I do for work, I'm like, I just say broadcasting and just like hope it's like I'm not, you know, Uncle David, I I I am not a YouTuber. You know, it's on YouTube, but I'm not a YouTuber. Well, I have a friend who does uh you know fantasy and and dfs for
0: a living and so when he goes home and he tells his friends he he does you know he doesn't do play fantasy for a living he doesn't do you know dfs he's in predictive analytics Mm. so same concept right there yeah 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 you gotta gotta spice it
1: up for the uh the boomer generation you know exactly exactly and i still do you know i still have some you know like side side hustle and like what's your other job and i every time just Broadcasting, you know, it's like it's like it's radio, you know it's podcasts it's basically the same thing as radio so but we're, we're gonna get into all that but let, let's start right. with some giants talk um you know once again thanks for coming on um, and to I, I'm, I'm gonna hit you with the heavy stuff first let's go bring it on I'll answer Joe radio. judge first year everyone likes him but it was it was an up and down year it's a weird year you know you wrote about it in your article today you know there that came out yesterday when people are listening to this they were fighting for the division, you know, watch the last Sunday night football of the, of the year, you know, determine if they went to the playoffs or not, but also 6 and 10. And you like Joe Judge, but there's also, you know, there's there's like powers that be like Jason Garrett, like that's where I want to get to. What is that relationship with like with Joe Judge and Jason Gear? Because it can't be perfect because you know his you know his it's love not- for Patrick and then what happened with Colombo midseason. Well, here's what I know. Okay. There was tension last year.
0: I mean, their offense wasn't good. Like, what do you think it's gonna be like when their offense is struggling like that? It didn't it wasn't running smoothly. Joe Judge coaches his coaches hard, and he's admittedly says this. He coaches his coaches hard just like he coaches his players hard. If he can't hold his coaches to that standard, how could he then look at his players in the eyes and say, I'm gonna hold you to a different standard than I hold my own coaches to? So their offense, I mean, by any standard, was woefully unproductive this year, right? I mean, you can whip up any number you want. It's hard to come up with something that says, oh, you know what? The offense showed a lot of, you know, they showed a lot of upside or it looked promised. No, it was, a, it was a rough season offensively. There's reasons for it. And not having Saquon, obviously a huge part of that and a young quarterback who was up and down, but it didn't go up. Well. So yeah, there was some tension at times there, but it's not to the point where they didn't get along. Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. Uh, so, do I think Joe Judge wanted to make some changes to the offense this offseason? Absolutely, and I think you're seeing that. I, I reported over the, this holiday weekend. Freddie Kitchens is kind of taking another role. So, in my mind, he's almost like, and this is just me surmising, uh, that he's almost like Solder the Co or a back the, the secondary offensive coordinator right now, similar to like Jeremy Pruitt is. It was hired. He's in like a senior defense role. He's going to be like the secondary defensive coordinator, but that's not a knock on Pat Graham, right? That's just, they want as many people collaborating in the process as possible. So Freddie Kitchens is going to play a bigger role, whether it's, you know, being more involved in the, uh, the, the, the running game of the, the design of the running game or game planning, or even if it's a passing game, I, I think you're going to see that uh, Jerry Shaplinsky, the quarterback's coach, Also, a veteran guy who Joe Judge trusts uh, implicitly and knows very well from his New England days. Another guy, I think you're going to see him more involved. So was Joe Judge happy with the offense and the job that Jason Garrett did overall? I think, you know, how can you sit there and say, sure, you know, he did a great job. The offense wasn't good. So that's kind of where I think that sits. And, you know, it's going to come down to they have to be successful this year. If it doesn't go well this year, you're going to see a big shakeup on the offense. It seems it seems inevitable. It seems like that writing is on the wall.
1: Yeah, I mean they, you know, I I look at it this way. They went from the 19th ranked offense with the exact same roster, besides Saquon Barkley, to the 31st. And you know, Saquon's obviously you know a much debated topic, but I don't think he's he makes the offense drop from you know what we thought was you know going into the season, Jordan. You know, our our conversation was, can the defense be good enough to let the out- offense right. outscore people? Yeah. And that, you know, J- Jones threw 24 touchdowns in 12 games. And to go from what they saw this year, um, kind of brutal. So with that, I mean, what... The what's...
0: funny part is that Saquon was injured last year too. Remember? Yeah, I mean, there was games so he where he had one and, yard. And Saquon wasn't Saquon most of that year.
1: Yeah, there was games where, you know, I mean, Daniel Jones threw four touchdowns in a game where Saquon Barkley had one yard. And like yeah. you said, they, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, obviously, towards the end of the season, the beginning when he was healthy they they looked good, but um it wasn't. so you mentioned Pruitt. We kind of assumed he was gonna be the outside linebacker coach. so can we still expect news for that spot or is or is Pruitt acting in there? Or are they promoting somebody else within?
0: Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but I, you know the, the people I talked to, it's been a, probably a week or two week or two. Uh, but I think he's kind of gonna be in the role that Brett Bielma was, I think that's pretty much where he's going to fall into. So I think the likelihood is he probably does handle outside linebackers on top of having a bigger role. I think uh, Brett Bielma was a senior, was like senior defensive assistant slash outside linebackers. I, I think was his title. They did are all just titles. Uh, but I, I think what we're learning here and trust me, Joe judge thinks very highly of Jeremy Pruitt. Remember a guy that, they were together on the Alabama staff, same as the new offensive line coach. I mean, you see the connections here. These are guys that basically understand how they're going to get coached because they grew up in systems where Nick Saban was hard on everybody, right? Or, or Bill Belichick was really hard on his coaches. So that sort of is the common thread here. And Jeremy Pruitt falls under that category. Joe Judge worked on a staff with Jeremy. Jeremy Pruitt was actually ahead of him, I believe. At that time, right? he was he was an actual coach when Joe Judge was, uh, you know, a low level cheap labor kind of guy for right. Nick Saban back in the day. So uh, he thinks very, very highly of him. You're going to see him, I believe, coach the outside linebackers, not 100 percent on that, but still definitely have a bigger role and be involved in construction of game plan, coaching multiple positions, because remember, he has a long history in dealing with defensive backs. So I think you're gonna see him working with that defensive backfield as well for sure.
1: Yeah, him like Bielma are kind of like overqualified for the spots they're in. Right. Like it, it knows, I couldn't definitely. imagine running an entire college program. And then it's like, all right, kind of focus on like not even linebackers, like half of the linebacker group with yeah, like the outs. I couldn't imagine the the difference in responsibilities in that.
0: That's why I don't think
1: and from what I understand, it's not just, okay, you're outside linebackers. No, yeah.
0: he's going to have a bigger role. He's going to have a significant involvement with game planning, maybe even handle, like, you know, the back end of stuff. And, and the Giants are looking to have a very collaborative process. They have a very qualified staff now, if you think about it. I mean, the offensive line coach was basically, he was a guy that was seemed to be on track to become an, a an college football head coach, right? Yeah. I mean, he was just an offensive coordinator. He's had a lot of success. His resume is very impressive. Uh, Jerry Szaplinski, the quarterback's coach, he seems to be, you know, getting close to being an offensive coordinator. You saw Tyke Tolbert, the wide receivers coach, get an interview to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, same thing. I mean, Jerome Henderson's a guy who who was sort of like a defensive coordinator uh, in Atlanta, like handling, I think he was a pass game coordinator. Yeah. So, something like that. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. And then you have Pat Graham, obviously. So you're having a lot of guys who they're taking these jobs because they're not being told you're just going to, co- go, you know, coach this specific group. No, they're going to be involved on a bigger scale. Uh, and like I said, game planning being a, a big part of that. And it, it's it's a way more collaborative effort maybe than than other composition of coaching staffs, I think. I think that's that's what I'm expecting this year right
2: so now i i love to hear that jordan and this has been something this has been a theme that giants fans have kind of wanted all year where you know giving joe judge more power kind of asking as more time goes on and as more success the team has i put success in quotes but as the more as more time goes on how much more power can we get away with giving joe judge yet the most important part of the staff you can argue uh, I, I would even argue sometimes, sometimes bigger than a head coach is who who's deciding how your offense is going to go and who's calling those plays. It's an offensive league, it's a scoring league, so uh, all of that feels great. But it's just the, I'm, at least in my opinion, the black cloud organ, over the organization is Jason Garrett and how much uh, how much a part of that collaboration is is he a part of? You know, we saw in the He's Senior still Bowl, a big Graham, part. yeah. He's still a big
0: part of me. He's the offensive coordinator, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. he's going to play a big role. Uh, is it going to maybe, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens is obviously going to going to be more involved, okay? Right. Uh, we might see uh, – we did see a different look. Remember, Freddie Kitchens was the offensive coordinator for one game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they lost that game, I believe. Uh, what what Cleveland, game was yeah. it? was right after – Cleveland, Okay. And and there was there was a bunch of plays. You saw
1: a more aggressive offense, I believe. I, I at least I did. I now, I chart Jordan, I chart yeah. the, the plays that have two routes that are deeper concepts. That was the most I did the entire season with Colt McCoy at quarterback. So it was they had a couple opportunities. Aggressive. And you probably saw this. They had a couple opportunities to hit some big pass plays and big passes. Now
0: they didn't complete them. Uh, they you know their quarterback, they had a backup quarterback at the time. Colt McCoy, obviously, didn't have his arm. You, you could see it on a couple of the throws. He yeah. couldn't get the ball there quite fast enough. A couple of big plays were broken up. I thought there was some opportunities there. They, they designed some opportunities in that game to get the ball down the field. And I think if Daniel Jones was there, they had a chance to hit a couple of big ones in that game. And so I, I think that's sort of where we're heading. Jason Garrett still being heavily involved but you're going to see other people and Freddie Kitchens' hands and, uh, you know, Jerry Szaplinski and Tyke Tolbert and uh, even the new offensive line coach, you're you're going to see them have a much bigger role.
1: Yeah, like I said, I I chart those throws, and that was the most aggressive. And they scored six points, but, you know, it was three red zones, you know. They, you know, went for that fake field goal, another fourth down on one they didn't get. So they actually moved the ball kind of well in that game with Colt McCoy compared to the rest of the season. And then you saw the next two games against Baltimore and Dallas, then kind of open it up again. So I think my, you know, my thought and a lot of thoughts of giants fans going into that is like, how much is this Joe judge's offense? Like, is, is this Joe judge's offense? And I think that game answered the question that it kind of was more of, of Jason Garrett, but we'll, we'll move off. the Real quick. This happens all the time.
0: When you have a coach who, you know, let's say you spend your whole life coaching defense. OK, and then you get a head coaching job. And I was in Philadelphia. Jim Johnson was the de- Andy Reid was the coach there. Jim Johnson was the defensive coordinator. Andy Reid spends his whole life coaching offense, right? Andy Reid gets hired by the Eagles. He was a young, unknown guy from Green Bay. He was a quarterback coach. He hires J- uh, Jim Johnson to be his defensive coordinator at the time. Jim Johnson's a guy who was very well regarded in the NFL. Had coached defense for, you know, 50, 30 years, 30, 40, 50 years. Andy Reid, who has never coached defense, doesn't know more defense than a guy like Jim Johnson. So it's the same with all these head coaches. You spend, at least most of them, you spend so much time in one area. You need that guy to be like sort of the head coach of that specific group. And it's Jason Garrett in this instance. You know, Joe Judge hasn't spent his whole career coaching offense. He can give points. He can tell them what direction he wants to go, go in. But he needs to have someone that he can rely on and trust on. And that Jason Garrett's in that role.
1: So you're saying, speaking of that, was Joe Judge basically coaching the, o, like, was, how much was he involved with the O-line in those three weeks with the, because part of me is like, was it embellished a little bit, you know, when it says that he, you know, focused on the O-line, um, my, you know, my, you know, the myth I have in my head is that Guj was in his ear before him, telling him what to do. Like, is there anything we missed from that whole Mark Colombo saga? No, I, I think it's over embellished. I mean, Joe Judge wasn't sitting there coaching the offensive
0: He has way more things to do than sit there and coaching the offensive line full time. I mean, you know, was he giving more suggestions? Was he uh, openly butting heads with Mark Colombo? Yeah, absolutely. And um, players definitely noticed. They're like, you know, these two guys were, were going at it on the field at times in front of them. Uh, so they could see it. But that Joe Judge wasn't doing everyday coaching of the offensive right. line. He's got way bigger things to do. So I think it was over embellished a little bit in that regard. Look, he wasn't intending to replace Mark Colombo. It right. just blew up though, and he's like, "Oh God, we have to replace him now." And that, yes, what were they about to bring in Goosh to help out and try and get things moving in the direction that Joe Judge wanted him in regards to technique? Because that's the thing we have to think about, and that's part of the thing with this whole offensive line. They basically switched technique in the middle of the season. Yeah. So these guys these offensive linemen and there's some young guys there you're asking them to go from one way of working and switch it midseason to what joe judge wanted and what you know you've seen over the years in new england and with Googe in the past and uh and that's sort of the way
1: they're they're going to go now so yeah it w- was a tough year for those guys for sure i mean and they they legit changed their entire running like you know yeah tech technique as well but they changed like they weren't pulling guys and trap like they were basically just Blocking up. You remember the Steelers game? They just weren't blocking the backside and yeah and stuff like that. So I, I so- think you
0: saw you saw a major change there, and that, that's the direction that we're gonna go going forward. I mean, it's gonna look more like it did in the second half of the year. Right. Also, they plan, member they game they they designed the offense, and I was told this before the season for Saquon Barkley. I mean, the offense was built around Saquon, so they wanted to run a lot of outside zone and stuff. And then Saquon's gone, and they're not running outside zone with Wayne Gallman all day. So all of a sudden, that's gone, and, and you kind of have to make a, a real quick adjustment there.
1: Yeah. Well, they say the offense built for Saquon had like four rushing yards in the first game, so it was br- <laughs> it was brutal to start. Rem- that that would have come around though, because that was I know, I know at but- the
0: time that healthy Pittsburgh defense was the best defense in the NFL. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it was they also just didn't block the backside too. Like, I don't, I'm not, I do not want to get into the, you know, ins and outs, but Justin.
2: Yeah. All right. So let's talk Gettleman really quick. Yeah. We're hitting you with uh, the heavy stuff first. Yeah. Heavy, no, heavy no, stuff. All for it. Let's go. Heavy stuff Gettleman. first. And then I, I always like to laugh, maybe like the second, second part of the interview. Um, This, this stuff's the boring stuff in my opinion. All right. Well, no, you, um, you might,
0: you might laugh, right? We might be laughing right now as we get to the Gettleman. Subject. Well, this,
2: this is a funny question. Go. This is a funny question. So, What kept at least, you know, whether it's your opinion or maybe some things that you heard, what kept Dave Gettleman here since they basically did come out and say there have been missteps that were made in the past, some major missteps that were made. Um, in the past, whether they were sublimity, uh, sublimity mentioning some things over other things, but they talked about 2018, you know, what kept Dave Gettleman here after this 2020 season? Was it that 2020 free agency class and draft class? Was it, you know, being one game away from the division, even though that's not the best reasoning. So what have, what have you been hearing? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I don't think it was the one game for the division. I think it was more, thank God. Right. I mean, yeah. if, if I came here and told you that you'd be, you'd be banging your head right now against the desk. Uh, I think it – I mean, from talking to people, you really get the impression that it was that they think, okay, our process of getting players this offseason, the way it worked with him and Joe Judge and the collaborative effort in his coaching staff, because the coaching staff had a lot of input, by the way, way more, I think, than the past that, that in, in regards to personnel. I mean, they always have input, but there's question of how much do – does the personnel department listen to the coaches? That's the right. same everywhere around the NFL. Coaches always have input; they're always doing work. But then sometimes, sometimes coaches just make suggestions, and they're just brushed off. And the and the, you know the the and the personnel department makes moves. Like DeAndre Baker was a guy that they drafted basically without any, without a ton of input from the uh, defensive staff at the time. I mean, I remember asking some people on that defensive staff, like, "Would you know?" And they're like. We didn't really look at him that, you know. We weren't asked that much about, you know, to look into him that much, you know. So, and that's how you end up with mistakes. But uh, so, I think this past year, the coaching staff was a lot more involved uh, in regards to their opinion taking, taken more seriously. Uh, and you saw guys, and you could you could tell, like, look at the guys that they that they got. Uh, they stayed away from sort of like the big flashy name, right? That's that. They did that the first time, like Golden Tate, Nate Solder. Even though if you talk to people around the league, Nate Solder, they knew Nate Solder wasn't a great – everybody knew Nate Solder wasn't a great player around the league. And, uh, you know, and when he got that money, the people around the league that I talked to, like pretty much universally, were all like, that's a lot of money for him. He's an average player, uh, you know. And then Golden Tate was just a totally flawed signing. I made no sense whatsoever. And, and, and this year, you could when they made moves, you could see the moves. They stayed away from the flashy guys, and went for guys that they thought fit. Uh, they know they knew they needed to fill the bottom of the roster. That the roster was incredibly thin. So we're not going after Genevieve and Clowney. When it was brought up, they were like, No, 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 no. We can't. We're not going after a guy who's got an injury question, uh, and we don't know what we're getting, and he's going to cost a lot of money. But we need to get more. Quantity but quality players that fit what we're doing. The Kyler rules of the world. Uh, think about the the way they handled the and I I know it was partially because McKinney got hurt, but the Logan Ryan signing. They waited that out, waited that out, and then added that people What they added him in training camp started, I, I believe at that at, at that point already. Yeah. Uh, so you know th- these are smarter moves in regards. To, they all just made more sense, right? So the fact that the front the the ownership saw this, okay, our thought process and our whole uh, 2020 offseason, the way we went about building the roster just was much better. And we liked the way it worked this year. We think that's the way it's going to be moving forward. So we're going to go another year with they've get Now, if it blows up this year, you're kind of running out of chances here. I mean, what are we, we're, we're talking about four five and six wins, right? In three years. Mm-hmm. So f- 15 wins, you know, at some point you got to produce, uh, so, you know, 8-8, they got to get to 8-8 eight eight around there this year. They really do. I mean, you, you can't you can't have a losing record again and sell your fan base. So, he's next in line. Everybody kind of knows the common sense says it. So, that I think that's where we stand right now with that.
1: Yeah, it seemed like Judge bought him some time. And, you know, I, I don't know if they gave him a total clean slate, but, you know, he did – it seemed that he did 2020 well. What can we expect yeah. now with a weird cap situation – two defensive tackles who, you know, everybody likes, but, you know, are both going to be expensive if you pair pairing together, uh, you know, a, an expensive Zeidler, and then a, a, a promise that we're going to get weapons. Like what, like this is a free agency where I have no idea what to expect. I think again,
0: the philosophy is, and, I, and this was kind of what I was writing and, and hinting about, and this is not just me, you know, throwing it against the wall. This is an informed opinion. I think you're going to see a similar philosophy to last year, right? Where you're going to see, you're not going to see them just go after the big splashy guy and spend a ton of money on guys. And the reality is when you're, when you're spending money on guys in free agency, they're available in free agency because they come with questions, right? I mean, the clean stud guys don't get to free agency very often unless there's some sort of, you know, market, uh, I don't know how to say it. market inefficiency, right. That, that forces it to happen. Uh, th- those guys just don't get there that often. So I think, again, you're going to see uh quantity granted, what they think is quality and quantity over sheer, you know, star quality. So like, you know, rather than go and sign uh, Yannick Ngakwe, you know, who's going to cost a lot of money and is a pretty substantial name. You might see guys at the lower end. Now let me say this about the giants cap. And I know, first of all, most people have no idea how the cap works. Okay.
1: I don't. I, I, this one thing I played the ignorance on.
0: I admittedly don't, I I know more than most because I I've done a lot of research on it over the years, but I still admittedly also don't really understand it. Let's not think the giants are strapped against the cap. Okay. Where is their money? Who do they have signed long-term that's super big money? They're not, they don't even have a quarterback who's signed a big contract. So they have plenty of money. Okay, they can work money if they need to work money, especially down the line because who's who signed 2 or 3 years down the line on this team to substantial contract. Yeah. They don't even have any big money guys. So, let's not pretend this team is cap strapped. Okay? I know people are going to be like, they only have 8 million. They only have this one. this team can move money and move it down the line if they need to very easily. There's plenty of money available. Uh now, it does every team's going to have to deal with this the fact that the cap is lower than everybody expected. But that's going to create opportunities. And this is where I think you should expect the Giants also to be very active. There will be some good quality players available, veteran guys, this offseason, more, way more than usual for rather cheap prices. Cheap is a very relative term here. Okay. So rather cheap prices because of teams are strapped. There are teams that are legitimately strapped against the CAF. You know the New Orleans Saints, who have like tons of guys signed to big contracts. You know, I mean, they have—they must have like the Rams. They must have like six or seven guys who have bigger deals than the Giants. At, yep. And down the line, too, tons of future money. The Giants don't even have those guys.
1: I mean, who's
0: their highest paid guy?
1: Because Leonard Williams gone. isn't under
0: contract right now, Kate's right? Gone. Yeah, Zeidler, so- I guess. Tate. I mean, Kevin Zeidler is ten million dollars. I mean, yeah. top quarterbacks in the league make 40. So the Giants top contract is a guy who makes $10 million right now. And yeah. teams are paying their quarterbacks, the, the, the premium quarterbacks, are $40 million a year. Top players at wide receiver, defensive line, they're making over 20 a year. You know, like, so the Giants, let's not get carried away. They'll be able to create money if they need to. And they could be pretty active. Now, if they really want to, they can bring back those two defensive linemen. Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson. What's going to be the biggest factor here? I think my voice just cracked, by the way. Uh, It happens,
1: man. We're all young out here. (laughs) Uh,
0: The biggest factor is going to be just how much are they looking for? Just how much, like, are they deals that make sense for the Giants? If there's two deals, you know, they're they're kind of mutually exclusive. If the deals on their own merit are – Makes sense for the Giants now and long-term. I think you could see them both back. Now, Leonard Williams has a lot of bargaining power. He says he wants to stay, doesn't care about money. But, dude, the guy has a ton of, of bargaining power because the position the Giants put themselves in by working this whole thing backwards. So, I mean, the guy just – they just said to him, you're worth $16.5 million. We're going to pay you that off half a sack season. So he's going to say, what am I worth now? <laughs> Eleven and a half." You thought I was worth 16.1, 16.2, whatever the exact number is, off half a sack. So what am I worth now? You see, Jordan, this, lot is more. Where,
2: this is where the Giants get very analytically advanced by saying that sacks don't matter, so it's all about your pressures, and your pressures were consistent, see? Yeah. So people don't <laughs> give the Giants credit. People don't give the Giants credit for being an, an advanced organization. Go. We knew your pressures, yeah. They'll use the sacks again. The, the, that
0: sacks thing, that stupid sacks line, people use it conveniently when it works for you. Either way, it's like – When you don't have guys that can reach the quarterback, they're like, sacks are overrated. And when you have guys that can get to the quarterback, you're like, who doesn't need sacks? It's a negative play where you lose yards on top of the quarter, you know, on on top of a down. So (laughs) very convenient.
1: All right, shut up for a second, Jordan Renon. Hey, fellas, we're in the thick of winter and a storms a brewing. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, especially if you're in Texas right now, I feel bad for them. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs, just like in Texas. Even though it's a freaking, like it's a, it's a national emergency in Texas right now. And I feel like people from the north are downplaying it the same way people in Florida downplay hurricanes up north. Manscaped is here to provide the best tools for your grooming experience. Offering precision engineer tools for your fam, jewels. How about that? How about that? Just just making rhymes out here. Listen, I you know, we said it on with this ad. It really is a lifesaver. Like I have always been someone who's cheap, and now I am not. Like Manscaped has ruined my shaving techniques, my shaving habits. So now it's like, man, you gotta you can stay on top of it. You got no excuse. It's easy. Okay. You don't have to get the you know, the two blade razors from Walmart and you know, like be super careful. Kind of just let it let it ride. So I mean, go go to Manscaped. And guess what? Guess what? guess what justin what get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code giants at manscaped.com they also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene projects on the website from disposable mats for your um pubes to foot deodorant i mean they got everything (laughs) like they really do have everything um even stuff that makes me uncomfortable saying on the podcast yeah um right jordan yeah uh, yeah man okay all right cool um, so again, twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscape.com, and use code Giants. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscape.com, and use code Giants. Thanks, Manscape, for making our winter wieners look so good. How's your? <laughs> let's talk about jo- uh, John Jerry's winter wiener. All right, sounds good, Jordan Renan. So, all right, enough with these. You know, we, we we're done with your insider information. Well, okay. Let's let's get to some stuff you know hundred percent. Which player is the easiest to talk to? On the Giants,
0: the easiest to talk to. Wow, which the uh, one
1: you enjoy talking to the most?
0: Uh, Eli Penny's a good dude. I like him a lot. Leonard Williams is actually a very interesting guy as well. Haven't gotten to know him that well because remember we weren't in the locker room. Yeah, this this past year, uh, I do enjoy talking to Saquon. Not the easiest to get to track down, but when you do unless get you're Mike talk- Tyson, <laughs> did you see seen- the clip from
1: that? That was What's brutal. The heck is that? i've never seen a man so awkward in an interview before as saquon in that
0: yeah saquon is very hollywood you know the funny part about saquon he and he's a lot more odell than people realize he's very hollywood he likes to go to la he likes to go out there in the off season now he knows how to handle himself a lot better publicly
1: i think he's odell without the finger pointing
0: yeah he's odell without the without the public comments like he knows he knows what to say publicly and how to, you know, say the right things publicly. Like, exactly. Like, he's totally, totally good with that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with either way. Because, it's like, honestly, I think they're both good guys. I like talking to Odell, too. I always enjoy talking to Odell. So, yeah. Those are some of the guys. Uh, you know, it's such a new roster. And we didn't get in a locker room this year. So, it's crazy that we haven't had those. Like, I, don't, I never met Blake Martinez. Like, never. So, yeah. Those are the guys that come to, come to my mind first. Logan Ryan I haven't met him personally but from the conversations we've been able to have even over Zoom and stuff and from everything everyone that's everyone told me it seems like just a dynamite guy easy guy to talk to relate to and get to know
1: who'd you vote for for media good guy
0: uh, I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one
1: so you were the one person who didn't vote for Logan Ryan is what you're saying
0: <laughs> there were a couple There were I think there were two or three non-votes for Logan Ryan so I was one of
2: them okay okay good enough it's good enough <laughs> plead the fifth plead the i don't want to out myself on that one that's why it's there i whenever whenever we interview whether it's a player or a reporter this this is something you guys I getting I like me in trouble on that one by the no, way no no well, we all we forgot Rosenblatt
1: it. said said we're gonna ask everybody i think the media it's the one thing i'd like to poke fun at it's like the media good guy award we were thinking about making an award for the the media media good guy of like and and then vote on you guys Okay. I mean, I, I doubt I'm going to be in the top of that category, but uh, that's, it, it depends. A, it depends on who you
0: talk to. I don't have, that's not, I don't have that tact. That's not, that's not my kind of thing right there.
2: <laughs> but whenever we, um whenever we try well, to interview, whether it's a player or whether it's a, a um, not a coach, whenever player or media member, there's something that I like to ask. And it's kind of like a, a similar question, but what is something about an NFL locker room whether it is how you know players interact with the media or who usually spills the beans or just something about how a locker room operates what is something about an NFL locker room that the casual average fan doesn't know because usually you know football is such a short sport in in relation to the other major sports where I feel like we don't really even get to know the team during the one season and then they're all a lot of them are gone come the next year
0: I tell this story to a lot of people, and you probably do realize it, but you don't really realize the extent to that it is. So I remember a time, I, and I got along really well. John Jerry, I, I, I'm an asshole, okay? I'm not a good guy. All right, so I get along with guys that most of the time, most
2: people, I, you might have to edit that. I don't know what your rules are.
1: Here. No, no, you're good. Okay so it, I said, a- it
2: sounds it honestly sounds a lot like my co-host here uh, that, he's, that he's a jerk <laughs> well we he's did jerk. Our
1: five people I'm we get along not, with the most I and deandre around. baker was one of mine before the arrest and like two weeks later he gets arrested so i, I don't have a good <laughs> track record with that <laughs> so
0: okay so i seem to get along with players a lot of times that other people don't like you get along with people who are like-minded to you right a lot of times so i like to joke like i'm an asshole so i get along with the guys in the locker room that are assholes generally which isn't, I, isn't really true but Anyway, so John Jerry, by the way, he was a great guy, but he didn't really talk to anybody, but I had a great relationship with John Jerry. So one time I'm talking to John Jerry and he's sitting there, and John Jerry's a huge dude, not a physical specimen. He's sitting there and I'm talking to him and we're actually talking about the co-eds at Mississippi. He went to Mississippi, right? Right. So we're talking about the co-eds and John Jerry is his body and He's lotioning his boobs as we talk. <laughs> okay, so imagine that. A I am imagining
1: that. For, a three hundred
0: fifty pound sloppy guy, kind of, and he's lotioning his boobs as we talk, and he's and we're talking about the coeds in Mississippi. And as we're doing it, he's like, you know, drops his towel and he's lotion his boobs, and we're just sitting there talking like naturally. Now, you, when that happens, you're, you're you're always like looking the other way. You're like, right? You're like talking, but you're like this. But you just continue talking because that's how a locker room works. It's just an awkward situation. And you have, we, we, we had this whole conversation, right? And he's lotioning his boobs and he's getting dressed. And, he, you know, he, he, he drops his towel in the middle and he's getting dressed. And, he, you know, we, we continue just talking. And I walk out of the locker room afterwards. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, what an effed up world. Like, what other facet of life? Can you talk to a naked man lotioning his boobs about the girls on the college campus that he went to and just continue talking while he drops his pants and not even flinch? You know, like just keep talking like it's a normal conversation and be like, eh, you know, and neither of us said anything. And I walked out of here thinking to myself, that is just not normal. Like if we if that happened in like the normal realm of life, people would think we're demented right i mean that's just not you just with, with if that happened and you were anywhere else when he drops the towel you just book and walk Well, you run away you know that conversation is over but no not in a locker room in a locker room that's just kind of how how you operate so it's, it's, a, it's a strange strange uh environment i mean you just you know there's guys that love to sit there uh naked all the time like they're known as the guys who just sit there and it's just so awkward and jameel mcclain remember jameel mcclain used to be a linebacker he played for the ravens yeah the giants at one time so they have like unlimited towels right this is an nfl facility you could get a towel anywhere this dude used to walk around and cover his junk with a towel but the towel was like one of those it's not even the hand towel the super minis. I don't
1: know what the point of that
0: is. So he sat there and he covered himself with it. Like, dude, get a bigger towel. They're available everywhere. Like, these are the kind of things that the NFL locker room is just like. And nobody says anything. It's just like normal. He was literally, that was like a square, like a square, like this big. Like, dude, get a normal towel and put it around your waist. But no.
2: It's not how a locker room works, Jordan. I think, uh, you, you, you mentioned pre you're, show you're, you're, you're good friends with the YouTube community, right? I think for your first YouTube video, you should start your own channel because if you don't do this, we're gonna do it. Um, uh, mo- Giants players on the current roster most likely now you haven't been in the locker room, so you don't know most likely to be walking around naked all the time.
1: Oh, god, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> that would they would love that. So, on the other end of that,
0: I you know, somebody comes to my head, he's not on the team anymore. We used to call him Buck. You know, it was like our own little private name for him because he was always a buck naked. So we used mm-hmm. to be like,
1: "Oh, Buck was out again." You know, like <laughs> on the on the other side of that, what's it like? Like, we don't like you know, we'll talk with the player here and there, but we're not around them, you know, on the day of the day. And it is weird when it's like you see this person's family member or this person you know follows you, and then you're criticizing it. I mean, what's that complex like when you you know write an article about someone you know or you point out like, "Hey, this guy sucked." And then, if you're looking at him face to face the next day,
0: I mean, first of all, you always want to go look a guy face to face if you're going to write something negative about him. But I always like to, you know, I always tell guys, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to write, if you play poorly, I'm going to write you play poorly. You know, like that's just the way it is. Like, if you do something good, I'll, I'm going to write that you did well. But there, there's both sides of this. And the only way for me to be good at my job is to be honest on both ends. You could help me out. You, you know, you help me out. And, you know, we talk, you can give me your side of the story. Like I don't have to assume things. So I think it's important to be honest with guys and not snipe them. Like there's a lot of people who will be super nice to your face and then snipe you from a distance. And then the next day or the next week, they'll be there. First of all, they're never the ones that ask the questions. Okay, that's why I like to ask questions. Because if I'm going to write negative about you, I want to at least ask you about it. I don't want to be the guy who stands in the back Let us someone else like me ask all the, me and a couple of other people ask all the hard questions. But then when something bad happens, they'll snipe you. For they'll, they'll be the first ones to snipe you. And that's the way it works. There's tons of those people around. I'm telling you. you. You watch who asks questions and who writes certain things. You'll see that there's a lot of people who like to hang in the back. But they're the first ones who will, will slash you, man. And so uh, I think that I think being upfront and honest with guys—that's the approach that I take. And I really try not to uh, bombard a guy unknown, unbeknownst to them. Like uh, when I, I wrote something about Eli, about he was in the decline. I tried to ask him before, even after the story ran, and someone in the organization told me I wrote his obit uh you know the, you know that was a good yeah nice Eli obit you wrote yeah <laughs> you know the next day i was standing in front of his face and i made sure to ask a question because i wanted to know if he has anything to say if he wants to talk about it I'm, I'm, i want them to know i'm always there and they could always tell me i don't think that was fair you know i don't think that was accurate you're you know that's why i we're talking to you. i want to give you the opportunity to tell me you know your side of the story or your side of why that what i wrote or what i said
1: wasn't true well i want to hear your side of the story because this is something i've only heard of because i you know we told you before I, i'm actually i'm you know i'm pretty brand new to all this yeah and you could you not answer this what happened with you and and eric flowers oh
0: i'll tell you that story that's no problem uh the ironic part was eric flowers is an interesting guy he's kind of an introvert right So there really wasn't any backstory, which is what the crazy part was. It was totally out of nowhere. So we're in the locker room. He played horribly. He got just thrashed. It was a Sunday or Monday night game against the Packers. Uh, I forget which one. It might have been. That was a Sunday uh, night. That was the debate night. So now it's coming to me. It was a Sunday night or like week four or five, somewhere around there, pretty early in the season. And so Green Bay is an old locker room. So there's like two sides. There's like an offense and a defense. So the offensive side, Odell speaks. There's a gazillion people there. After Odell speaks, everybody kind of went over to the defensive side. And I see Eric Flowers in the corner of my eye. I'm like, he played horribly. He got just demolished. Let me just – Clay Matthews killed him in that game. Uh, gave him three or four sacks. And so I, I was like, you know what, let me just go monitor it. Let me see if he's just like, oh, I play, I stunk. I was terrible. I got to do better, blah, blah. So I'm legitimately, and people don't believe this. I'm legitimately standing at a distance. Don't ask a question. Don't say anything. But he apparently harbors a grudge from something in the past. Never fully disclosed to me what it was. I've I've heard uh, ideas like I used to do a, a video with Chris Snee, and uh, he didn't like that we were critical of him. Like, but a year earlier, you're talking about a full year earlier at this time. Oh boy. So I'm standing at this. I literally did not say a word, didn't ask a question. And he turns and he goes, yo, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, yo man, I'm just doing my job. And so that happened like three or four times over. He's like, get the fuck out of here, get the fuck out of here, takes, you know, and just and just like, and it happened like five seconds and there was an audio, nobody has it on video, which is the amazing part. And Mike Garofalo texted me, I believe the next day, I remember this very clearly. And he's like, this is BS. How is there no video? How is it possible in a locker room after a Sunday night game, there's no video of you getting pushed? And it's really true. It's amazing how it all worked out. But uh, yeah, so it happened in like five seconds. There was an audio tape. I probably could dig it up if I really wanted to. And it's like, yeah, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. Yo, whoa, bro, hey, whoa, 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 hey. <laughs> like that's, and my voice gets real high and- it wasn't like he demolished me. He just put his hand in my chest and pushed me back. Like I was pretty close to the wall. There was a, a a brick wall right behind me. And he just kind of pushed me back like like that, like with his hand in the center of my chest real quick. And it all happened. It was like the whole thing, it was like 10 seconds. And it was like, whoa, what happened? And so we go up and, you know, I just went to, I left, went to someone in the Giants, like, yo, you just better make sure your players don't put their hands on me. Like I'm, I'm right with you. yelling me all I want tell him not to put his hands on me that,
1: that's a big ass dude i think he put up like 35 on the on the bench or you know oh, with he's the, at the huge combine, he's like a that. big dude he was he basically drafted dude. because of how many times he bench pressed at the, at the <laughs> combine <laughs> and the to have the dude he to was do a that. big dude and it was a giants uh, uh,
0: executive
1: like right here
0: like right over one of my shoulders and he was on his phone he was just like And we were all just like, nobody knew what the heck was happening. It just happened so quickly. And so we go upstairs, you know, I didn't, and I was just going to let it go and I didn't say anything. And uh, Dan Duggan was working for NJ.com at the time. And he, he, he was like, there was only like him and some freelancer. Nobody. I, we don't really know who the other guy was ever. And he comes up to me upstairs and he goes, you know i gotta write about this right <laughs> he's like he's like i got it all he was he's like i got it all on tape you you know i have to write about this i was like hey you know do do whatever you do what you gotta do and like it's like two in the morning and i like call my bosses i'm like um you know and i'm like new on espn at this point and i was like you know i gotta and it's like two in the morning i was like, i gotta kind of tell you like uh this is probably going to get out and be a, a pretty big deal in the morning. This is kind of what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sleeping in green Bay in this disgusting hotel, the worst hotel literally I've ever stayed in my life. And so six o'clock in the morning, I guess they talk about it. I'm Mike and Mike and uh-huh. my phone is next to my bed. And all I keep hearing is like text messages. And like, I literally woke up to like a hundred text messages and like, every espn ball like all my bosses like with like voice messages and i was like oh my god what just happened (laughs) and so yeah then i'm walking through the airport and the the giants made eric flowers call me and i get a call from like giants pr and it's like yeah eric wants to talk to you and it's like hi this is eric i'm sorry for what i did
2: So I think we've learned if there's a lesson that we learned, it's the anger that festers over long periods of time that will do the most damage. That's Yeah, the lesson absolutely.
0: That I <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You know, guys will get mad at you. It happens all the time. You have to learn how to deal with this. Guys are going to get mad at you. They're not going to be happy with something you wrote or like I had a good, really good relationship with Justin Pugh and it blew up in my face. Uh, he said, I hate Philadelphia, meaning he hated the Eagles, you know, because even though he lived there, he's from there. But like now that he's with the Giants, he doesn't like the Eagles anymore. But the headline that was put on the story was "I hate Philly." Oh. So all I mean, he got bombarded by everyone that he knows, and you know, back home being like, "You're a traitor!" What the heck? And he was so mad at me. Like he he didn't talk to me for like he didn't want to talk to me like a for like a year. And he's still hold, like if I see him now, he'll like we're fine. But he'll joke about it. He'll be like, "You gonna screw me again?" Like, and I had to tell him like, "There's nothing I can do." He's like, "Well, you know, I got to hold you responsible for it." Like, you know you're responsible for, you know, what was out there. And I'm like, I got to take it on the chin. Like, what am I going to do? And and Eric, I mean, Justin Pugh, who was a great dude and was like the go-to, one of the go-to nicest guys in the locker room, the go-to guy, great quote, just an amazing guy. Like, didn't talk to me for like a year.
2: Now, I think for being critiqued as... You know, because you you had your you had your comment that you had about you know the the content creators that you know that steal things whatever. So we we may Bobby may touch on that, but I will what talk I, about that no problem. <laughs> but what Dude. I but what I really like about you is you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok now. I don't know whether I'm I'm sure your daughter plays a role in you having a TikTok. Yes. Um I'm mean, guess she, to, she I forced to, I don't know how
1: to edit TikTok. If we're weird. That we made one because we have decided it's like if there's some type of social media we needed to attack it so you know like we made a discord today and realized everyone there's an asshole and then tiktok man i have it takes me like 20 minutes to make a video that it seems like everyone else has taken two seconds yeah no i agree i had no idea i I, i'm like hey could you come over here my daughter's uh nine i'm like you come over here and edit this video for
0: me please and like seriously like that's how it works but uh yeah you on clubhouse yet
1: i have I have an iPhone six. I can't download it. Oh, see, I just pulled up TikTok and again. It, so I'm trying to get Clubhouse because, like I said, we're trying to attack. Everyone. You're a step up from
0: like Ryan Dunleavy, who still has a flip phone of sorts. Oh I God.
1: before this, it literally he has was two a flip phones, flip but phone. one is a flip phone. That is a true story. I'm what I'm about so, to do, and this shows who I am. I'm about to go to Walmart and buy a prepaid iPhone and just use it as an iTouch because I don't, you know, I'm not. I don't feel like upgrading, the, you know, on my regular phone.
0: It's you know. I need the
1: headphone jack is basically like, I, I, I I have to have the headphone jack,
2: but here's what makes you unique from the rest of the guys on the beat. You know, I don't follow guys from around the country either. So I'm sure there's other innovative minds, but you know, you're on most of the time, at least for giants, people, they're on Twitter and then that's it. You know, you're engaging, you're engaging with people on Instagram. You're engaging with people, whether, you know, tick TikTok. I'm sure it's just, you know, it's your, it's your name and ESPN. I mean, your, your name and your brand is valuable no matter where it is. So I want to know from you, especially you know, being active on Instagram. Is this something that is that you wanted to be active and you wanted to do it on your own because you know it's important? Because the internet is kind of taken over, and why yeah. I kind of you know you, you had that comment, but also you know, you know the other comment that a lot of content creators got mad at you and a lot of people on Twitter got mad at you for. But also, I feel like you understand that. Yes, part of my job is to evolve, and even though I'm reporting and even though I'm I'm on you know writing articles. I my name and my brand is still everywhere else. Is that a, a kind of like an active, uh, purposeful thing on your front? Does ESPN make you do it or no, no. break it down? I'm
0: I'm ve- I I think I attack it a lot differently than most of the other people on the beat and stuff. Like I, I even use Twitter. I think differently. Like I don't send out fifty tweets in a day. I think that's I think that's a waste. Like like you said, it's a I view it as a marketing tool and a, and a and for brand purposes. Like and I want to make sure that I re- that it gets the maximum exposure. So, and like you just mentioned, like tonight I went and tweeted a bunch of times that's just, because I was bored and I was sitting down for dinner and nobody was sitting with me. So uh, at my house, so I did it, but like, like those are kind of wasted tweets. Like right. if I tweet only the really meaningful stuff, I think it reaches more, much more eyes because they know they're not getting lost in all kinds of garbage. So I really try and do that, especially on Twitter. I probably tweet much less than most everyday beat writers on the Giants yeah. beat. I uh, go through so, the same
1: thing. I I, I want to talk, I want to tweet about the Nets so much and I'm not allowed to, cause I'm trying to keep it, you know, mostly, mostly giants yeah. related. So I have like a burner account that I just tweet net stuff from all, all night. So I have a
0: friend, Adam Levitan. He runs uh, established to run with Evan Silva. Mm, yeah. He's a big, big, been a big fantasy guy and whatever. Uh, he is, uh, he always, We had. you know, he's one of my close, close friends. He always talked about how he's never changing his Twitter profile picture, hmm. right? Because that's how people recognize him. That's his brand. He, he doesn't care that he looks like 15, 20 years young, old, younger than he is right now. And looks at, like he doesn't care. He's going to die with that picture as his avatar because you're <laughs> so used to it. It's part of his brand. Like, when you see the, that picture, it makes you say, oh, I want to yep. read it because it's him. So I kind of think of these. I do think of these things a lot, probably more than most people. And look, I and and I always say to people when I say, "How do you? What do you? What advice do you give me?" And one of the things I always tell people in the business is, you know, trying to come up in the business, I say, you have to find ways to differentiate yourself. If I'm doing the same thing as everybody else, then why are you going to come to me, right? Then I'm just another guy. So I'm always looking, and if, if I ever get to the point where I'm not looking to move to move forward, and like you said, I do the same thing. like I'm, I'm going to join Clubhouse. I've, I've been thinking about it the last few days. Like I don't I have no idea what it is. like literally zero. Yeah. I know it exists. I have no idea in the world what it is. But if you don't evolve, like I want to at least look at it, I'll sign up for it, I'll see if it's worthwhile. If, if you don't evolve, you're going to fall behind. And this industry changes constantly. So if you're just so closed minded and old-school, say ah no, nah, I don't want to do that, you're gonna be left behind. It's inevitable. So you have to be open-minded. That's kind of how I view it, and I do view it as uh, my brand. And I always fight back and forth on the Instagram part of it, of how much do I really? And people say, why do you do all that? Why do you show all that stuff with your family then? And why do you do that? And I and I do fight with myself on that of like, what's the line of? You know being work and and personal and and showing my family and and I don't know I just try and be open and show and show you like who I am like I mean I'm not trying to be phony and showing you know stuff that we don't really do like I don't know so that that's kind of the way I approach it and what I try and do with my social and look I made mistakes along the way like everybody else I've tweeted stuff I shouldn't have tweeted uh you know they where bosses call you up and say you know we don't really want you tweeting that, you know. It's.
1: You got an should, example.
0: Probably should avoid saying that. I mean, like when I, you know, tweeted about Paul D'Agno a couple of times.
1: Oh, Paul D'Agno, we—he's—he blocked every. He blocked. I I'm tweeted at him one time and he blocked me. He needs uh, to have a little. But it thicker. was just you know,
0: the, there's there's no reason to do, to go like I don't
1: need to go there. Uh,
0: there's a lot of times you know like how you 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 punch in a tweet. And you have the text you re, uh, tweet ready to go and then you're like you exit out or you're thinking about it the second you think about it right this is this is advice anybody the second you even think about deleting it means you should delete it right away like if you even have to think about whether it's right or wrong delete it trust me delete it
2: i
1: <laughs> say i can't do that though
2: that's how bobby, i get myself bobby in usually trouble. bobby usually texts me and says is this okay and um, if we'll you th- sent that text, that tells you all you need to
1: know about it. But the, it's it's delete it, it, <laughs> Sometimes I go for I go for it, and then you know we're getting you know text from our boss. Um, but then sometimes the it, it, like, like okay, this is we're playing the Chicago Bears week two, and I get this dumb idea. I was like, you know, it'd be funny if we put it on Instagram someone shooting a bear like that. That's not funny that that happened. Like I love animals. I don't want to see. It's like we're playing the Bears. And that became something that our listeners look forward to but in the, I, I felt like in the in the it just by itself and you're looking at me like I'm a madman because I am and it, it's like it's a horrible thing but it became by like week 16 it's like okay what type of video are they gonna post of you know a cardinal being shot down by like you know bazookas or something so um, I mean I feel like it helps me what sometimes kind of society and me- where there's something wrong with that I mean this is not. That's
0: obviously playfully, you know. You'd be surprised. Not, some of the it shouldn't replies. shouldn't be taken seriously. you don't have to tell me. I understand the 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 you know the feedback you get on some of those, but it shouldn't be a problem. Like there, it's obviously a joke that wasn't to be meant to be
2: And when you're when you're being authentic, which I mean, that's that's what I think you are. You know, I in my opinion, I think online it kind of takes guts to show parts of your life to be to say what you want to say in your content even if it's critical about some guys some players about the team show what you want to show about your life show your face and interact with people and then also handle the heat that that comes your way i think i think it takes a level of guts rather than not showing your face kind of not showing a different side of your life and then just maybe crapping on other people and then you know not being able to take it well that's why
0: i think it's important to humanize yourself sometimes correct because otherwise you're just some Twitter avatar, you know, or social media avatar where people think you just aren't even human. Like and some of the comments are so outrageous and so ridiculous that you're just like, what's wrong with these people? Like, seriously, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm going to go back to my family and my life over here and not worry about like the six safety on the giants roster, you know, and, and like calling the guy names, like, you know, like, you got to put things, I uh, put things in perspective. Like we're, we're all human beings here. So I, I think it's important that that's why I like to post some of the family stuff. Yep. Like, this, like this is me. I'm a human being. I'm yeah. like, I'm, a, I'm not like a real person. I'm not just some, you know, uh, propped up figure, like, you know, figurehead here. And he's, Hey,
1: look, uh, there's Jordan, you know, let's throw tomatoes at his head or call him names. So you get a lot of that. And, and, you know, obviously there was, and it's actually how we connected was, you know, someone's like i don't go to beat reporters i go like and you said look, oh the people see their content what was it like okay how much did that suck getting that backlash because you know we understood what you're saying because there's people that steal stuff i mean you know i'll I'll do the breakdown videos jordan and i'll see instagram pages like you you were talking about and they literally just post the same video and like it's no tagging so i i I get that but it did not get taken that way at all and so i mean I, hadn't, I haven't seen a beat reporter get that much heat in
0: since I've been doing
1: this. <laughs> yeah. There were some people
0: that were coming at me every day, but it, look, it goes away. You have to realize that. You just stop looking. You don't look at your mentions. You don't worry about it. And, like, look, I don't even regret what I said because if, if you're getting all upset, is it because you're one of these people that are actually taking it? Because there are, like you said, the people that I'm talking about, and, you, like you said, you know they're out there. Like, I bumped into an Instagram account yesterday It had like 30,000 followers, Giants, who knows, you know, whatever the stupid handle name is. And they basically regurgitate a lot of what's being reported. No credit whatsoever. Like just totally lift it and just say it as if it came out of midair. And they're like a popular Giants. Like those are the people I'm talking about. So, I mean, I have no regrets saying it because those people bother the hell out of me. Like the, there, there's plenty of accounts if you go search on Instagram like what did I report recently oh that was no okay Jason Ga- Jason Garrett returning how about that if you like go and search on Instagram and and look about that you'll find like 50 giant sites out there that just take it and say Jason Garrett's not returning and then like these sites are end up being more popular than this actual source yep and yes. you're just
1: like
2: how the hell does
0: that happen?
1: You know? Instagram's kind of like the wild, wild west with that, where it's like you, no one gets called yeah. out on it. So totally I'll ask you this: weird. it's very weird. It's very weird, and I really wasn't even talking
0: about YouTube. Uh, and I know that 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 took a, you know, a lot of people on YouTube are the ones that took that personally. Uh, most of I was really mostly talking about the people on Instagram because there are so many just random Instagram accounts. Now I'm yeah. sure there's people on YouTube. Honestly, I don't go specifically that's not my uh user habits i don't go specifically to youtube very often like if i see stuff uh on twitter or instagram that brings me to an interesting youtube video that i see that's how i get there most of the time i don't just go search on youtube that's just that's just my habits i don't know
1: so what do you prefer so we have like the talking giants page on twitter and we'll you know we we try to put information out there so you say that you know, the Giants are, you know, cutting Shaquille Taylor. Do you prefer just the regular old retweet or the Giants are cutting Shaquille Taylor per Jordan Renan? Honestly,
0: I really don't care that much. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't appreciate when people, some random accounts just steal shit. I mean, that's it. It's pretty simple. Uh, I don't care how you say it. I mean, some people will say per Jordan Renan. It won't even, you know, link back to me. They won't even, that's fine. I don't. I don't mean, honestly. There's no way of stopping it. That's the problem. I wish there was a way where you can have, you know, what you say and what you report. You own the rights to it. But I mean, that's just not the real world.
1: And there's no way around it. So I don't know. Look, think about it. Yeah, I it made sucks. And no, no one notices it until it's happening to you too. So it's like right. Like, I mean, like you no know, one. No one's supposed to understand with me when I'm like, I feel like this person is just regurgitating everything I say but it's like anyone else who's looking from the outside. It's like, no, you're probably just overthinking it. Yeah.
0: 99, 99% of the time, I don't even notice. Right. It's just like, you bump into it once in a while. You're like, the hell is this? Oh my God. That's word for word. What I just tweeted on someone else's account on Instagram. It's like, you know, I, but I, but 99% of the time, like, I, I never say anything because you just, you have to learn it. That's part of how it's good. It this works. Like, there's, there's really no way around it. Once in a while, I, that, that was the rare, the rare instance where I had bumped into something that day that pissed me off, and I wrote the tweet that I probably should have X'd out on, and, then I, and I hit it. Because, <laughs> like, let's be honest, you know, Giants' web page 7.0 on Instagram doesn't really even give a crap. So me saying anything, what's that even doing? And it really didn't do anything. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not succeeding by. Well, it did some. piss people, people off. I. W- I'll, I'll say the one thing I found it funny from that. Succeeded in pissing people off, but not it succeeded in what I was. Tra- what I would wish would would accomplish, but it, like. It, what, what did What did I accomplish? Besides pissing people off, which See, I even though had you had might think time. differently, I don't enjoy pissing people off. I don't. I don't care because I try not to pay attention to it that much. But like, nobody likes when people are just like con- constantly trolling you, calling you you know whatever they want you know that day
1: oh yeah everybody cares at least (laughs) a little bit you know it sucks um um like you said you get that like you know i someone had to tell me when i first started doing this like you got to chill like because i was just like like you would never say this to me in person like i was like i was going off on people and someone's like dude like no one cares it's like like who cares like this is what twitter is i will say the one thing that i did make me laugh and this may have pissed you off as people started quote tweeting all your tweets and saying, oh, yeah. "According to, like Bobby Skinner or you know this account, this like I I bet that ticked you off." But I, I I'll, I'll be honest, I got a chunk. No, it really
0: me. does. It really didn't. I mean, it's funny after the fact, and it's like hey, you know I got to deal with it, and you just laugh it off, and you don't like. I wish this this person, I mean, would have something better to do with their time than to tweet me like fifty times every day like but you know like that's what i tell myself like oh my god this person's really relentless like and i refuse i something random fact about me never have i ever blocked somebody
1: why not because
0: i'll just suck it up i could take it
1: i there's see my line. problem is there's, i try there's a mute. Line, there's a line don't
0: bring my family not, not even don't bring my family into it that's it so i with,
1: hey, i tried the mute button and then the issue is people respond to those people and then you can see view so <laughs> I have recently, I've, I've only blocked like, well, I say, well, compared to you, I have a lot more, I've blocked like 20 people, but I just, I, it's, I, I have thin skin. So it's like, I, I, people can get on my nerves. So if at some point, I just like, I, I'm blocking these. People. I have people muted, but that's only
0: because they tweet too much and it just like bogs me down. And like, you know, they go, they get stuck in the rabbit hole and I just don't want to go down there. But like you said, I see the meaningful tweets from those people that I need to. And I'm talking about like media people. Because they basically get retweeted or, like, you know, they end up back on my timeline in some way, shape, or form anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I just basically muting the all the just, like, crazy, like, you know, 50 tweets in a row, whatever the heck it is. Yeah.
1: Right. All right. So we, we've gone for a while. I, I'll finish on this. i like to ask you guys, what don't you like about us? What don't I like about you? There's got to be something.
0: No, there really isn't. I don't mind. I like that. I like that you bring a different perspective. I mean, look, you know, it's an interesting part about ESPN. It's, it's a very different beast. You can't, you know, there's different rules. Like every, everybody has to follow kind of different guidelines, right? Yeah. So, you know, I used to like to do and go into tape stuff and then be able to bring it back to, you know, people I trust and ask them behind the scenes and then try and, and you know, present it. I can't do that anymore. Like there's, you know... Th- you have to be very careful with video. I have to be more careful with video I think now than I've probably ever been. Just because, you know, there are rules, you're only really allowed to use so much, so many seconds and and this and that. So like, is it really worth me doing these things? And then that, you know, possibly coming back to ESPN. Like, I don't, it's not even worth me putting that myself, anybody at risk like that. So I appreciate when you guys do that So because it's stuff that I can't I can't really do at this point, and I and I like it to be honest with you. Uh, what don't I like? I mean, I come I on. don't like when people are like, come back to like, yeah, you suck. You're no Bobby Skinner. You know, I, I, I always no feel Justin. so awkward.
1: It's like I love compliments. You're no, you're I'm a no sucker Justin. for compliments.
0: You you can't you can't break down film like bobby like no i can't big deal so like you know that's not my that's not what i do just, i'm a sucker
1: off. for compliments but it's like oh i can't like that one like that's that's <laughs> mean. Uh, so you're a sucker
2: for compliments yet i try to com- i try to compliment bobby all the time and he, and he gets very uncomfortable i i um, hate
1: compliments to my face is what i'm saying
2: yes yes all right I so
0: do i love comments i love people when people like tell me how if, like oh you're you're awesome but i uh, like I get awkward when they like say it to me. Like I just try and immediately try and deflect like they instantly try and deflect, especially when it's in person. Cause it's so awkward. I just try and make a random joke about something else or like change the subject or I don't know. That's just how, <laughs> that's just how I operate. But Justin's but yelled you, at me. Down, deep down. I, I like it like everybody else. Don't tell me, you don't.
1: don't. Oh me. yeah. Yeah. But just like, I, I'm the same way. Justin's yelled at me before. They're like, you know, good job on that video. I'm like, it wasn't that good. And he'd be like, can yeah. you just let me compliment you without, <laughs> you know, saying saying that it's not that special? Yeah,
0: well, that's when someone's like, good break. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, I got lucky. I, you know, I fell in, I fell into it, it just fell in my lap. And they're like, get, get the f out of here we don't care care how you got it. You should take credit for it. It's like, I, I'm fine, but I won't say that. Okay, I, I have to, like, immediately just be like, yeah, I got lucky.
2: Well, we're big believers of positive affirmation on this podcast. Uh, Jordan, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I I mean there was one important question I I, I wanted to ask him, and maybe this can be a next time thing because it'll it'll we'll get closer to the summer. God willing we're allowed in training camp. Um I, in 2019, um, I did a uh and any day that I could go, I did a Jordan Ron on picture of your drip of what you were wearing for training camp. You are the most Visor. stylish beat reporter. Visor, man. The visor and the sneakers. Which, which,
0: by the way, people don't consider the visor uh, stylish anymore. That's Come like, on. You're old and outdated when you wear visors, apparently. No. You got and, the hair co- for it, Cargo you it shorts, off. too. Did you know that cargo shorts are, like, for old men? Yeah, no. I still it, wear them like crazy. You though. pull it off. Though. They're I mean, so practical. The I don't understand. They're so practical. I don't understand how they're all for old men. Who wouldn't want pockets when you're walking around and doing stuff? Like, you need oh, – I want shorts with no pockets. Who wants shorts with no pockets?
2: Well, I, hear I, look, you, man. I look forward to training camp because what i did in 2019 the last time we were there is i would i would i would creepily take pictures of you and i would tag you jordan Ron said, on style I, I, trust me i i know <laughs> said, I, remember. I remember so uh i'm looking forward to doing that again um thank you for you know, there's a reason behind this so when, oh. I,
0: when i when i uh first took the giants job i went out to dinner with someone it was at the super bowl that was actually in uh the one here in in new jersey and uh the guy's wife, who, you know, he was a reporter. The other guy's wife said, you know, how you dress is very important. It's an easy, good way to relate with the players. The players, it really does. It's one of the best ways to relate to players. Like, the lot, you know, I can't relate to them in a lot of ways, right? They, they're they so much younger than me now. I'm like a different generation. I used to be the same contemporaries as players, but now I'm contemporaries with the coach. But uh, fashion is a way you can – relate to players and they do they do take to it it's, it was a great little tip and it always comes back to my i always think about it like should i buy this and then the, and you know i'm like i ah, spend the extra money remember how she said it's an investment because remember how she said you know players take note of these kind of things
1: so we should send you like our talking giants versus the world shirts and shake and bake shirts Wait,
0: and- yeah i was about to say where's the shirt that joe judge did you send it to him
1: yeah yeah they got it Okay. That will, I hate – here's something, and I, I know we keep on saying we're going to let you go. I felt so grimy ambushing him. I felt so grimy, and he saved me by knowing what I was talking about and then putting two and the two together. You should feel grimy, we
0: actually. Yeah, they're used to this, they, He and he's a normal guy. He he, under, he This is what I like about him from what I've known. He seems to understand, like, how this all works. And, like, yeah. he's able to uh, interact with people on a human basis, where most times coaches are really awkward human beings. Like – I got along well with McAdoo, but he's a little strange bird. Uh, Past germer too, very strange. Like inter- interpersonal skills, just they're not natural yeah. with them. You can have like a normal conversation with Joe Judge, so like that's why he's able to just laugh it off and make a normal conversation of it. He's it, that's that's why I think he should, he's going to be successful. He has an ability to talk and be relatable to pretty much everybody. And like he did it with you, right? There. I saw the video. He did it with you right there. He's that—that's the way he does. He's he does that with everybody, and it's impressive because remember, a lot of those guys in the Belichick tree also shady, not shady, but awkward interpersonal skills. is like Eric Mangini, they tried to be, you know, uh, Matt Patricia. They were just so unlikable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Joe
0: Judge has a likable side to him.
1: You saw it there too. Yeah, I mean, it seems like him and Pat Grant, like. They saved me, They're though, because I was like, this. If, if I would ask any other question, he probably would have been like, all right, because, I mean, I ambushed him, and I hated it, um, yeah, but that's, it, kind it,
0: of, that's kind of what you do. You're part of the media now, man. That's, I hate that saying people say that. That's what we do. That's what we I'm do. I'm the
1: scumbag media, just like you and ESPN and, and You'd, be surprised. You'd be
0: surprised at how many people, like, guys, they'll just open up and tell you stuff, and you'll be like, okay, like... Just go up to a random guy like that, like he doesn't know you. And then they open and they just start talking and telling you stuff. And you're like, oh, look at this story I just got.
1: Hey, we, we got stuff. We got, you know, we got some people. You know, they may be, you know, the bigger guys on, on the team because they like some of my work, but but we got we got stuff. Um
2: well what right, we Jordan. do, what we do, I know Bob, you're gonna wrap us up. What we do is we don't break it. We just then go on the podcast and say, I think this is gonna happen. I really think this is gonna happen. And then we sound smart. We don't break it, we just sound smart. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the way to do it because that's actually how everybody works. You would be surprised. There's a lot of things that people know and then you pretend like you, you're like, you know, you give informed opinions and you say, you know, I think this is going to happen. And then guess what? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Love it. Magic. Look at that.
1: Oh, my God. All right sounds good um we appreciate you you know go follow jordan you know he's up yeah, and coming she said i have
0: to be quiet because my little guy just went to sleep trying to go to sleep tell her you're making a tiktok or something
1: in this show. I know. understand all right jordan we appreciate you man thanks all right guys anytime
0: no holds bad he was he took me in the low post and won but i think we had on the varsity
1: all right that's the show thank you jordan renan for um Joining, tweet nice things at him. How about that? So you liked him on Talking Giants. How about that? Because guess what? Help us, help us, help us, help us. Think about that. Seriously, you know, we're 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 trying to do get better stuff, better stuff for you guys. People liking us helps. It just yes. does. It it just, it's, it's just the flat out rules of life right there. Building relationships um, is a good thing. Hey, and you guys know we'll burn a bridge when we need to. Like, seriously, yeah. like, you know, like. We ain't like, if we don't want, if we don't want to be friends with someone, we won't be, you know, you you guys saw my breakdowns with cactuses and stuff of those natures, you know, we ain't trying to be friends with everybody, but there are people we're trying to be um, coolio with. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Guess what? If no big news breaks, guess what's coming on Friday, Justin?
2: Oh boy. I know it's coming next Monday. What's coming on Friday? line yes,
1: <gasps> review which was our one of our most controversial episodes last season remember that remember the the stir it had when we thought we had a harmless clip about nate soldier and it, it turned into a big thing um so appreciate you guys new stickers hit me up hit me up for the new stickers appreciate you guys see you on friday until then let's go big blue